Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit Trying to learn some game, every y'all gonna talk about it No Deanna, speak that shit that everybody voucher Ain't no more excuses valid, get up off the couch and get up in your bag To your bank account, need an accountant Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the greatest show on earth, the Millionaire Mindsets Podcast. I am your host, Xavier Miller, and today I got a live, great episode for y'all. But before we get it started, I would like to advise all the listeners, all the watchers, to please hit that like button, hit that five-star rating, give us a review, share, comment, do all those things. We try to run, run the numbers up, so we and we would greatly appreciate that. And getting right into the show, today I got a guy here that's if y'all on social media, y'all see him, his content is going crazy. And I, I just knew he would be a great guest to bring on the show because he has a fire perspective and uh, his experiences on things I feel like would be great for the listeners and the watchers. So without further ado, welcome to the show. My God, Nate, what's good, brother? Man, it's good to be here. It's hey, good to be it's here. good to have you here, man. Hey, How you man. feeling? How you I feeling? Feel, I feel good. Okay. I feel okay. real good. Love the show. Love everything that you're doing. Thank you, bro. Making an impact and representing as well. Thank you, man. Thank you. So getting right into it. So... For the people, if this may be their first time seeing and hearing of you, give some brief, brief background on yourself. Let the listeners know who you are. Yeah, so um, Nate Cotman, um, grew up in Philly. Okay. Um, very passionate about um, the concept of masculine vulnerability specifically and vulnerability in general. Um, uh, I'm, you know, I, as far as professionally, I, I work in the credit space. Okay. Uh, in real estate. Oh, yeah. um, but my passion is impacting people. Um, through communication, right, okay. and being a pioneer of what it, what it means to be vulnerable, you know what I'm saying, what it means to um, lead with your heart. And mm. so um, I think that those things are extremely important. It's something that you don't see from men a lot of times because oftentimes men look at it as a sign of weakness when in actuality it's a superpower if you use it and you funnel it in the right way. Mm. So, um, you know, for those that have tapped into my, my social media, they, they, they know about the videos where I'm speaking from the heart and I'm very transparent about my journey, my life, um, 
you know, being married for five years and some of the things that happened yeah. um, and just taking accountability and different things like that. Um, and then affirming people, right? Um, being a voice, a male voice of affirmation for people to let them know they're valuable. They can overcome anything. You know what I'm saying? Um, help people to discover that intrinsic you know, mm. value. Why is that um, so important to you? And has that always been something that's valuable to you? Or is it certain experiences that like, man, this is like super important. I need to like double down on this. Yeah, for sure. So it, it hasn't always been um, at the forefront of my mind. Okay. I always knew in theory that it was important, um, but it's not something that I always practice. Um, I'll definitely say that in my marriage, I was not vulnerable, right? In my marriage, I wasn't transparent. My marriage, a lot of times, I wasn't honest in some in some you know instances as well. Right. And so, seeing the breakdown and deterioration of my marriage, um, and the role that that played in it, you know, um, that had an effect on it. But then also, my dad, you know, last year he died. Good and Good appreciate that. Right? Appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so when he died, I looked at all the things that died in him, right? My dad was a great man, um, but there were some things that died with him, and there were some areas of his life where he didn't practice that vulnerability as well, which, mm. which left us with a lot of questions, right? And so, you know, once he died, I think for me, that was a wake-up call to say, look, you know, um, leading with vulnerability is important, not just for you, but for the people that you love. Right. Mm -hmm. If you want to have healthy interpersonal relationships with, you know, a significant other or a family member or even friends, it requires a level of vulnerability that's that's important. So I think that those two things, a failed marriage and my dad uh -huh. dying were things that contributed to me. It, seeing that's, the value in. that's so interesting, bro. You talked about how at times you wasn't vulnerable as vulnerable or transparent and open during that marriage. During your marriage, why do you think that was? Was it age or like, what do you think that was? Yeah, I think um, I think it was a fear of what other people would think. I think fear was a thing that caused me to shut down. Um, and in some instances, I did not feel safe. That didn't that didn't that doesn't mean that she didn't make me feel safe. Um, but in some instances, I just didn't feel safe enough to be, be open. vulnerable. Right? Um, I felt that if I was Vulnerable, vulnerable about some things. I felt like I would be judged, right? right? Or I felt like other people would look at me differently or whatever the case may be. And so for me, man, I shut down, right? I think also a part of it was um, not feeling like the marriage was worth that vulnerability. You know what I'm saying? I tell people all the time that the first year of my marriage, I felt like we weren't going to make it. You knew, right? you knew that the first year? First year. We... we um, we didn't date for a long period of time before we got married. And so essentially it was two strangers um, in a marriage together. And I felt like there was a lot as far as like connection that we lacked. So a part of it was feeling like, man, it's not even worth the vulnerability. I see what you're right, saying. As well, um, which is not the right approach, right? <laughs> in hindsight, that's not the right approach right. because you know, maybe if I was more vulnerable, maybe if I was more honest, right? we would have developed the connection that was necessary for, for us to, to actually win. Facts. Right? And so sometimes um, there are self-deprivating uh, thoughts that we have, right, um, that cause us not to win in certain areas because of our mentality or our mindset around that particular thing. Mm. Right? I know for you, right, you deal a lot, you talk a lot about a lot of different things, but uh, a part of it is money. Yep. Right? Uh, if you have the wrong mindset around money, 
then you can make a lot of money. You can also blow through a lot of money because you, you don't have, blow through it. Yeah, you have yeah. an improper perspective on money. Yeah. Around money. Same thing is true with relationships, right? Um, maybe I was in a marriage that would have lasted if I had the proper mindset around vulnerability in that space. Um, so, mm. do you feel like because with you being in the real estate and the credit space, at those times of like disconnect in your relationship, did that affect your professional life? I don't necessarily feel like it affected my professional life. Um, I continue to move forward. If anything, I say that it probably caused me to double down on some of the oh, yeah. things that I was doing, right? <laughs> right, right. Um, a lot of times when things are going on at home, you kind of double down on yeah. business, sometimes even as a distraction, Yep. right? Um, so I can't say that it necessarily affected it in a negative way. Uh, it probably caused me to be more um, vigilant when it came to really like making those things successful. Um, so, you know, and it's so funny because hindsight is always twenty twenty. It is. But yeah, I feel like I feel like it's probably it probably caused me to focus more on those things. Mm. How do you? Um, Cause you know we in a time like you know everybody about their business, trying to focus on their career, get their money, or whatever. And a lot of people neglect the relationship aspect or neglect after the relationship, the um, healing aspect part of it. So what's what's that? What was that journey like for you after that divorce? So so you could say, man. This won't happen again. Yeah, for sure. So initially, um, you know, when I first got divorced, it was kind of like, yo, I'm free. You know what I'm saying? I you out, you really outside. Even, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't really even for you funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's true, though. It's true, right? No, like, I feel you. I feel you in a, you're in a relationship. The relationship is not going well. Um, and so, you know, when I first got divorced, it was really more uh, of me, like, focusing on the things that I wanted to do, the people I wanted to be around. Um so for a good a good period of time, I'd probably say about a year, um, I just focused on the things that I wanted. And then I realized that that will never fill a void or the hole that exists um, inside. Um, I realized that there, there were things in me that I had to address and there was healing that I needed. There was um, accountability that I needed to take, <laughs> right? right? And so that journey for me begin with me really just taking, a, a, you know, accountability and saying, you know what, it was my fault. I take responsibility for it. Yeah, it is, it is. And it's something that we don't like to do a lot of times because it's kind of like um, out of sight, out of mind. It is what it is, it happened, right? But a big part of that healing journey is saying to yourself, yo, it's on me, it's on me. right? I wasn't the only party involved, but as a man and as a leader yep. of the house, like I take responsibility for that. Yeah. So that was the first step, right? Uh, I'll tell you this, man. I remember setting up a meeting with her, my ex-wife. We were divorced at the time. My ex-wife and um, my mentor, who was my pastor at the time, right? I remember setting up a, a meeting with, uh, with them and... In that meeting, I confessed everything, 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 bro. You know, um, I explained that I, I wasn't the man that I should have been in the marriage. I take responsibility for the demise of the marriage. These are the areas that I failed you and us in the vows that we that we, we that we, we took, made. bro. I cried in that meeting. You know what I'm saying? And I uh, and I was just I was not only just accountable to myself, but I was accountable to the people, the person that I hurt or the people that I hurt, right? Um, that was 
a huge step in my healing journey. Now, I'm not I'm not saying that everybody should take that <laughs> right, right, right. that that route, right? But that was a huge um, part of my healing journey, right? So first, being honest with myself, being honest with God, being honest with with her, being honest with my my pastor at the time. Um, and then once I was able to do that, I was able to be more um, transparent with even the world. That's right, important about that. for what we do. Yeah, about that about that journey. So um, I hope that answers your question. No, 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 that, that that makes sense. I know that's something that probably a lot of people don't have much interest in mm -hmm. because that's that takes a lot. Like you said, that's a lot of accountability you have to take on. And another thing you said, like, and this is something that my dad always preaches coming up, like especially as a man, you have to take responsibility when things go left. If you're gonna take responsibility and credit when things go right. You got to embrace that when they go bad. Yeah. Because like you said, as the leader, the leader of the household, the leader of the family, it's like, it obviously, it's not all your fault. It's, it's two parties. But as the leader, like, you lead in all aspects. Right. So if you're not getting something that you're looking for, you have to look at yourself and say, what can I do? What can I do differently? Yeah. Now, obviously, if you were somebody that's not going to get on that one accord, you just got to do what you got to do. You got to yeah. get up out of there. Yeah. But in a lot of instances from things that I've seen, it's like you sometimes dudes do got to do that something on the court, but it's just like they may not be feeling it or they may not just be leading to the yeah. best of their ability yeah. or what they was doing at one point. Because yeah. sometimes, you know, a relationship, it's a long, if you with somebody you plan on being with them forever, sometimes you could get off track 100%. as a man. A hundred percent. And I heard somebody say this before and I forget who it was, but they said, man, as a man, when anything goes wrong, it's always my fault. Facts. Right. Like it's there are a lot of different things. There are a lot of different things that we can there are a lot of different excuses that we can use. But at the end of the day, it's always my fault. Yep. And I think um, taking that type of accountability um, really puts us in a position to uh, grow, evolve as men, you know what I'm saying? And become the highest, best version of ourselves. Right. Mm -hmm. So for me, that was um, that was uh, that was important. Mm. It gives you it also gives you that power. When you take accountability, you have the power now to change those situations. Because as long as I'm pointing a finger at you, now I have to wait on you to change for the situation to change. Yeah, for sure. And if you don't ever want to change, and it never changes, I could always be like, well, it's Nate's fault. It's Nate's fault. Right, it's exactly, Nate's fault. Exactly. <laughs> Instead of just saying, exactly. man, it's on me. Let me, I could change the situation. Let me do something different. Right. Because I promise you, in most cases, unless you're dealing with somebody that is mentally unstable and those, those situations happen. Facts. But um, unless you're dealing with somebody that's mentally unstable or is dealing with some type of chronic issue like narcissism, right? That's a real thing. Um, it is. It is a real, they real get, thing. They throw, that, they throw that word around now. I'm noticing. They label everybody they a narcissist now. They do. They somebody do. break up. You're a narcissist. They do. Right. right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and and I think I think for a lot of time, I think for a lot of people they um, they misdiagnose that. Yeah. I think that especially in the Western world, a lot of us have narcissistic traits. Right. Right. But I don't think everybody's a narcissist. Right? I agree. I've been called a narcissist, right? <laughs> Especially going through what I went through in my, um, my my marriage and coming out of that and some of the things that happened in the breakdown of the marriage, right? Um, maybe maybe I did exhibit some narcissistic traits, traits. At right? the time. Right, at the time. Um, but at the same time, also, that's the first time that I've ever experienced something like what I experienced in that in that relationship, Right. Like historically before that, I was always like a faithful guy. I was always like, um, always transparent, always vulnerable. And then in that marriage, you know, it was, it was a different story. So, um, mm. sometimes I think that we have seasons of, um, maybe narcissism, 
or that's a good boy or seasons of um, you know lack of, <coughs> lack of accountability. Will we allow that to define who we are as a person? No, you can't. Right? Or will we say or will we say in that particular situation or in that particular relationship, I wasn't the person that I was supposed to be? Facts. And and um, and make peace with that. Something that you said though, you said like in Western society, I think. I think we do all here in America have narcissistic traits because at the end of the day, America is a it's a individualism coast, yes. individualistic culture. Yes, everything is about like me, 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 what I'm doing, what I want. So by default, you you can't be born and from here, raised here, and not take on that kind of culture. It's naturally 100%. going to happen. So hundred percent. Yeah, bro, we live in this. We live in the selfie central. Bro. Right, like like this is a selfie society. So just think about that, right? Um, a narcissist, they're self-centered. Everything is about them. If you look at most people's social media platforms, right? Yep. Self-centeredness. Everything's about them, yep. right? Uh, the world revolves around us. So um, in the culture and society that we live in, we are groomed to be that, right? It takes recognizing like, yo, I want to live outside of that. I want to make some changes. Uh, I want to to live, to make an impact in the lives of other people, you know? I want I want my life, my story, my situation, my failures to make an impact on people. Like that's when you step outside of it, then you're able to you're able to see it for what it is and No, that's facts. That's facts. I want to make a quick pivot really quick. Something because I see um like with you with branding and the social media, your branding went crazy within the <laughs> past twelve months. It just it, it it sparked and blew up. Yeah. Because of conversations similar to this. So for the listeners out there that's listening and watching, right? Yes. And everybody want to go a brand in 2023. Everybody want to have their thing going on. That's amazing. Nothing wrong with that. Get the people some, some real, some real information on how to do this the right way. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So the first thing I would say is consistency, right? Um, if you want to be great at anything, right, um, it takes repetition and doing it consistently. So I'll, I'll tell you a story, man. Um, so October of last year, I walked into October of last year with 7,000 followers. <laughs> By October 25th, I had over 100,000 followers, all organic. No ads. No. Wait, you say October of last year? October of last year. October of last year, I walked into October. October 1st of last year, I had 7,000 followers right. on Instagram. By October 25th. Of 2022? Of 2022. So 25 days. What I went from 7,000 to a, over a hundred thousand, I hit a, I hit a hundred thousand on October twenty fifth. So in twenty five days, and everybody that I talked to, they said I've never seen growth that fast. No, I've never, right? I've never seen. I didn't know it was like that, bro. It was crazy. So how that? Wait, how? Break, just go ahead. I'm gonna, I'm a chill. How, yeah. you, how you break the break it down? How you? How that happened? Yeah, for sure. So, um, so back to consistency. So there were two things that I I made a commitment to do. Um, I said, man, I wanted to be consistent, so I was gonna post every day. Yeah, and I wanted to make sure that the quality of my videos um, was something that would make people want to stop and listen, right? Whether they cared about what I was saying or not, I wanted to make sure that the quality was something that if you're scrolling on your feed and you see a video that came before mine, you would see that video and you would see mine and you'd be like, "Yo, like, what is this? What is what, you know? What I'm saying, what is what does he do? What is he talking about? Right? So those those are the two things that I focused on. So I remember, let's backtrack to August of last year. August of last year. I remember, man, I was buying a bunch of different camera, cameras, trying okay. it out, different things like that. I found a camera that I that I like, um, which is a Sony ZV-E10. That's what I use. Fire. Uh, Sony ZV-E10. I love yeah. it. 
Um, so August, I remember um, I just began to, I began to post. September came around and I said, okay, look, I'm going to post every single day. Rain, sleet, snow, whatever. I'm going to share a message with my audience uh, that, that, uh, that's from the heart. And true to you. That's true to me. That's authentic, right? Remember, uh, my dad had passed away. My dad had actually passed away July of okay. last year. So July of last year, my dad passed away. August, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start posting. Started looking at cameras and all of that stuff. September, I made a commitment. I said, I'm going to post every single day, right? Um, I had switched my entire brand up before I was penthouse popular. Yeah, I remember, I remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was, I was yeah. doing the real estate stuff. Yeah. And then when my dad died, I was like, man, I want to make a commitment to talking about things that I feel matters, right? So September, every day, I'm talking about masculine vulnerability. I'm sharing something from the heart. Um, I'm confessing things. I'm affirming people. You know, I'm telling my story. You know what I'm saying? I'm living in my truth. And so I started doing that every day in September, right? Um, I probably gained maybe 2,000 followers in September. Nothing crazy. Again, I didn't get into this because I was trying to go viral or go crazy with it or anything like that. I got into it because I really wanted to make an impact. Bro, October 1st hit. So I had like 4,500 followers um, in August. By the end of... Uh, by the end of September, I had like 7,000 followers. So 7,000 followers, whatever. Bro, all of a sudden, I, the crazy part about it is I didn't even know I was going viral on Instagram because I would post on Instagram, but I was spending most of my time on TikTok, right? Because TikTok to me was more fun at the time, right? Yeah. So I would post, I would get off. I remember um, maybe like October 5th, I came back to my page and my page had jumped in like five days from uh, 7,000 to 10,000. And I'm looking like, yo, what's, what's going, going on, on, right? None of my most recent videos had gone viral. It was like a, it's like maybe a video that was like five or six videos back. Um, I ended up scrolling through. I saw that it hit like 300,000 uh, views. Anyway, long story short, um, then all of a sudden, like I began to see my account jump by like 1,000 a day, then 2,000 a day. And my peak, um, I gained 8,000 8, followers in one day. That's wild. Right. And then it kind of, it was like 5,000 followers a day, 5,000 followers a day for a good period of time. Um, and that's how I did it, bro. Focusing on consistency and then quality. Quality is everything. And that was, it just, it went crazy. Because quality these days in 2023 with so much content and everybody making content, like you said, when you're scrolling, that quality is going to make somebody stop. It might be just, because we all just doing this. Yeah. And we, but when you see quality, even if you scroll, you're going to go back and be like, what was that? Yeah. Now, all you need is two, three seconds to get yeah. somebody's attention. Now they in. And your quality, like you said, your camera look good. The, the whole setup is, is, is A1. So that's going to make somebody, like, scroll. What is he talking about? Yeah, exactly. It makes people stop, right? Like, whatever it is. You know, they say you got to have a hook. Yeah. You have to have something that makes people stop. For me, it was the quality. The quality is what made people stop, I believe, right? And then when they actually stopped to listen... And they realized that I was talking about something that was abstractly different than what you normally get from a man. Yeah. Let alone a young African-American man talking about things that we normally don't talk about is, you know what I'm saying? People laugh at me. They'd be like, yo, you like Dr. Phil. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but just think about that. Think about that contrast. Mm, that's that's important. Right? When you put it that way? Yeah. That's important. Think that means there's a, there's a lane that's open within yeah. our community. Yeah. Wide open. <clears throat> and that's that's important because that's what you need as a creator. If you decide to be a content creator, obviously if you, if the easiest thing you can do is jump in everybody's lane that they already in. Hundred percent. But if you really want to blow and make something out of this, 
the best thing to do is jump in a lane that nobody is really in. Right. And that's where, but you got to do it from a, see, you did it, but you did it from a point of authenticity 100%. or something that you really believed in, the experiences that you really done. You can't really do that, jumping in the lane with something you have no real interest in experiencing because you're not going to see the growth. It's going to show. We all, we looking at the camera, we could see like this dude just bumping his gums for clout or whatever. For likes. For, for likes. Yeah, yeah. He don't really mean what he's saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we can see it. Yo, you can definitely see authenticity in people. And it, you know, it kind of brings up that discussion of like um, passion versus um, popularity, or passion versus um, uh, yeah, basically pa passion versus popularity. Doing what's popular, popular versus doing what you're passionate about. Now, mm -hmm. for some people, those those two roles align. They roll on. Uh, but for a lot of people, they don't. And will you remain true to what your passion is? Even if it's not necessarily popular, I didn't, bro. I I didn't even think that people would feel the way that I was coming, but I knew that it was something that I had to do to honor um, authenticity in me. So, mm. and people respect people. Like I said, people see that, man. And something that's also cool to remember is that if you're going through something, you feel a certain way about something. You're not the only one. Mm. It's millions of people out here that feel the exact same way, but nobody's voicing it yet. And you could be that first one. That's so true. Man, I can't tell you how many like um, how many athletes hit you up. Ended up sending me messages and saying like, "Yo, I appreciate everything that you're, you're talking about. Um, some of the things that you're talking about, man, I've never had the courage to do, but I want to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm going through this in my relationships. I'm talking about like athletes, bro. People in the NFL, NBA, actors. You know what I'm saying? Um, when you're true to who you are, right? Um, you're true to your message, man. It'll draw people from all different backgrounds that are that are looking for what you what you have, um, that need what you have. You know what I'm saying? That find courage in what you were able to do. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit earlier, right? Mm -hmm. Just it takes courage to be vulnerable. It does. It takes you, it takes courage to be honest, even if you're judged for it. That's the that's that's the, you're not lying, bro. I, I want to talk about this for a second because with the branding part of it, this is also important and, and this is something that we were speaking on recently mm -hmm. is the image part. Mm -hmm. So break that aspect of it down. Why is that important and how important is that aspect of when it comes to all of this? Yeah, 100%. Um, so presentation is everything, right? We, talk, we talked a lot about quality when it comes to like video presentation or whatever, but the way that we uh, put our clothes together and all of that stuff, mm -hmm. right? That, uh, that that represents quality as well. So um, I know that there are people out there that find immense value in um, dressing as a reflection of where they came from. Yep. Right? A lot of us, we grew up in the hood, you know, and so for a lot of people, it's like, yo, I want to I wanna remain true to who I am. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. But I will also say that... Um, as we evolve, I think that there's something to be said about um, presenting ourselves in a way that um, that is palatable for people that may not have come from um, our background. Facts. Right? Clothing is a language. Talk about it, bro. Right? Clothing is a language. So if I throw on um, if I throw on some Versace, you know what I'm saying? Big Versace uh, sign on the, on the chest, right? Um, I'm appealing to a certain audience that likes that. Yep. Right. So 
the uh, the attention that I'm, I'm capturing is the attention of pe people who enjoy that, right? Bro, when you throw on a suit, that's something that is universally respected. Universally. Right? So not only am I catching the... I'm catching the attention of the people that like Versace, but I'm also catching the attention of the billionaire yep. that um, has uh, quiet money, mm -hmm. right? You're not going to see logos and all of that stuff, you know, on... on most most billionaires, right? They mm -hmm. you might see it in a watch, you might see it, you know, in some shoes, you might see it in things that um, you might see it in glasses. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Um, so one of the things I can say is that uh, I think I think when we change our appearance, man, it opens opens doors that we don't realize. Like we mm -hmm. don't have to remain true in a sense to where we came from, right? Maybe remaining true to where we came from is showing people that you can evolve from where you are. Yeah, exactly. And it's something that is universally embraced as a sign of success and excellence. Man, you telling, you <laughs> you, you, you preaching, dog, because it's something, like I've been wearing suits a lot recently and everybody been asking me, like, man, what's the, what's the, what's the inspiration behind you wearing suits? I love it, man. It's dapper. And it's like, because when people see you in a suit, like you just said, attire speaks. When they see me in a suit, they know I mean business. Yeah. And not only that, when I wear a suit, obviously I look well, and I'm a representation of myself. I'm a representation of my family, my parents. I'm a representation of my business, my brand. And you're a representation of your entire race. Yeah. Whether you want that responsibility or not, right. we all represent our entire race when we step out here in our appearance. So it's like, why not make my people look good? Yeah. Or when people see, when they see me, they be like, damn, like he make... He make he make he make them look good. Yeah. He's a good representation of them. Yeah. It's not I'm not gonna put them in a box because I see somebody like they looking like this, you know. So it's a it's a deep I think it's a deep um, understanding that a lot of people still to this day lack because it's that that comfort that comfortability and always you know what I'm saying looking like where you came from yeah. and wanting to keep it keep it real to that. Yeah. But it's like. To show you evolve, you gotta evolve as a human. That's what we all put here for. Yeah. And it's it's not too many ways to better to show your evolvement as far as compared to your appearance. Yeah. Cause that that's the first I could look at you and be like, damn, you you want some other shit right yeah, now. You ain't nah, look like this the yeah. last time I saw you. Yeah. You dapper, so you want to something new. So that's how I know that's how I see it personally. Yeah. And I don't care what anybody says, man. You throw on a suit, you feel different. Man, bro. The confidence is different. And not only that, but the way that people receive you is different. Okay, so I know for people, some people say like, man, look, I don't want to do business with somebody if they don't respect like who I am as a person or whatever the case may be. And I'm like, yo, I feel like um, that's a that's an opportunity for us to shift our mindset a little bit. Yeah. Right. What if dressing in a certain way um, puts you in a position to build a relationship with somebody that you normally wouldn't have the opportunity to build a relationship with to help them to understand your journey? Mm, that's I'm that's a that's a hell of a perspective, bro. Right. So what happens if, you know, somebody seeing you uh, in a suit, right? That would no that normally wouldn't cross pollinate with you if you were in some some J's and some jeans and you know what I'm saying a t-shirt. What if them seeing you in a suit caused them to take you more serious, right? And causes causes you to be in a position where you can build a relationship with somebody that mm -hmm. normally wouldn't build a relationship with you, and then from there you can actually. You know what I'm saying? Um, show them a perspective of your journey or your, you know what I'm saying? Or whatever it is. Um, what, if, what if that's a business opportunity? It is. You know what I'm saying? What if the way that we dress, you know what I'm saying? If it's not excellent, what if the way that we dress uh, is keeping money out of our pocket? 
Because it is. That's the reality of right. it. Which in turn is taking money out your kid's pocket, right? Because we're doing it for generations. We're yep. not just doing this for us. No, you're right, bro. And, and, and I think a lot of people, some people be in denial about that. Because even if you're breaking bread, being yourself and never, because it, it ain't really just about suits. It's about, hey, look at you. You ain't got no suit, but you clean. You got the loafers on, clean, clean <laughs> jeans, clean silk shirt. It's clean. When people see that, they're going to respect it. So it's just not about the suits. It's just about looking like presentable and looking like you you polished. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's what it's yeah. about. And when you don't look that way, the reality of it is you are going to miss out on opportunities. And you may be getting a crazy bag from one sector, one section of people. But once you have that, that global appeal, that global look, like you said, everybody respects this. And no matter what part of the world I am, they gonna respect it. And they, I could be a, you could be a piece of shit for real. <laughs> but when you look polished, people gonna give you a level of, of respect that they not gonna give you. I Man, I didn't see a different reaction when I'm dressing like this and when I'm just like uh, sweatpants, tennis shoes. I'm the same person. 100%. But it's a different level of reaction that people give me. As soon as I walk in the building, people are like, you look like somebody important. Let me hold the door for you. How you doing, 100%. Mr. Miller? Do you need something to drink? Do you need, <laughs> it's, do you need, it's Mr. Miller at that point. Yeah, it's, it's not Mr. Xavier Miller anymore. No facts. It's not even Xavier no more. It's Mr. Miller. You need some coffee. How you doing? Like, it's all these different things that is not there when I'm not, when I'm outside this attire. And somebody, a billionaire told me this. They told me, you got to earn the right to dress how you want to dress. Mm. And I went and when <laughs> and that might that might upset some people, but it's real. Like you can't we humans at the end of the day, you can't expect people to give you respect. You can't mm -hmm. show up any kind of way and be like, Well, I'm a human at the end of the day, you should give me respect. That's just not the real world. And you can't go anywhere looking like anywhere anybody at this at certain position in your life. No, 100%. Once you accomplish, you put the name for yourself, you can't, you, of course, sweatsuits, whatever you want to do, because people know who you are, they know to respect you. Right. But when you on the ground level, you can't expect to just walk in the room looking like anybody and anything yeah. and expect people to like be yeah. willing to work and ready to work with yeah. you. Yeah, 100%. Listen, listen, I've always been told, dress how you want to be addressed. Damn. Dress how you want to be addressed. So my whole thing is like, if you want to be addressed like a rapper, Dress, dress like, like a rapper. rapper. If you want to be addressed like a businessman, you dress, dress like, like a businessman. Business Carry you know yourself like a businessman. And it's even more important for us, right? Like, um, even when you when you think about things like, you know, police brutality and different things like that, right? And I hate to even take it even there, right? But um, it is what it is, mm. right? You pulled over driving a nice car in a suit. You, bro. That's I mean, no, no, <laughs> like, no. Like, but I get, I get where you're going, bro. Right? Like, I, I've literally been pulled over before, um, in a suit or in something nice, right? And I, and I know that the reaction from the officer is completely is different. different. It is. When I'm, when I'm chilling, like, I'm, I have, have on chill attire. It's not right. But right. at the end of the day, it's not a, it's not a matter of being right or wrong. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, I got to make it home. You got to make it home. This right? is the real world. And so, um, I would even dare to say that dressing well. Um, decreases your chances of being um, ostracized, yeah, ostracized by the cop. And it's it's a uh, it's a it's a it's a hell of an interesting conversation because not only another aspect that comes with dressing well that I think people don't realize is it will it requires a different version of you that's that's outside of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. It's like when I'm in a suit, right? I'm more I notice whenever I'm in a suit, I'm more um, 
aware of the words I'm saying. Mm. Like I'm more aware to not just be saying nigga, 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 motherfucker. Because yeah. I'm like that don't match right. my representation, my attire, right. what I got on right, right. now. Right. So it requires me to be the best version of myself. Now I need wow. to speak eloquently. Wow. I need to act eloquently. Wow. And I, and this is something that I just notice when I wear a suit. Like I know every time I put on a suit, if I'm talking to somebody, if I'm putting a cuss, I stop. I'm like, oh, I shouldn't say that right now because yeah. that don't. People see me in this, they not they, they not looking for me or expecting me to be like motherfucker this, motherfucker that. So I watch the things that I say and yeah. I move, I walk different. Everything is is it's a different way I'm carrying myself now just based on what I got. Bro, that's so true. That's so true. That's so true because every every new level requires a different version of you. Every new level requires a different version of you, right? So basically what you're saying, bro, I like, I like, I told you when you walked in, I'm like, man, this is, this is crazy, right? Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm liking this, right? Yeah. But, but bro, you're stepping into a new level. Yeah. You're stepping into a new level. You know what I'm saying? I'd even dare to say that you've already achieved, you know what I'm saying, a new level and there are more levels to go. But the way you're dressing at this stage, right, is a representation of another level that you've hit. And this is a conversation that a lot of people don't like to have because everybody wants to be a real nigga. Yep. You know what I'm saying? My whole thing is, it's not even, it's, it's, even that mentality, I think, it's, is a poverty mentality. It is, and it's a shackling mentality. Right. Why can't I be authentic with a suit on? Exactly. Why not, why can't I be a real one with a suit on? Why can't I be a real one if I'm not using foul language? Right. You know what I'm you saying? Know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so every new level requires a, a different version of you, and um, I think that that can be indicated in the attire. Man, that's you. You you saying some you saying some stuff, bro. You um, that, like and that's why I brought you on here because I knew this conversation was gonna be something that a lot of people. This may be their first time hearing the conversation yeah. with two men like this, yeah. or you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and I yeah, feel yeah. like those things are necessary for the, within the culture. Yeah. Because at the it, at the at the reality of it is when you become a public figure and you got hella followers, hella listeners, yeah. you going viral. Yeah. Whether you want the responsibility of being a leader within the culture or not, you are now. Yeah. So it's like whether you want to be that best version of yourself or not, you need to be. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> you know 100%. 100%. Some people don't take that responsibility seriously. Mm. Um, but anytime you have people following you, it's a responsibility. Yeah, cuz you, you can lead saying? people like imagine if like I'm pretty it's, I'm pretty sure you got a bunch of men and women women paying attention to you but imagine if you was giving men a different message as far as like yeah. being anti the things you saying yeah. anti vulnerable anti yeah. being open enough to be with somebody yeah. imagine the the cause and effect that that can have yeah. in households that you're not even aware of 100% cuz you don't know these people but they 100%. like man I seen Nate on the gram saying like this that's how I need to be yeah no you're right i mean Man, I can't tell you how many messages I get from men that are like, yo, I, I really appreciate um, you being in this space. You know what I'm saying? I've learned a lot of different things from you, but you're right. Just like um, the content that I'm making now is having a positive impact on people, right? If I was making a different type of content, uh, content it could have a negative effect, mm. right? Um, so being mindful of that is important. Mm. Talk about this, cause I want to talk about this for a second. You a you a man that's hey, you live a certain kind of lifestyle. You living good. You got the nice high rise apartment. You driving good. <laughs> you living good, man. And that's something that a lot of men strive to be in positions in. They, th these are things that 2023 men does. They look at that. And they say, man, I want to do something like that. So what? It, women too. So what's your piece of advice for people that? I mean, I'll say a piece of advice. What's your advice for people that? want to be in this position that you're in 
but they like at the ground level where they might not even see like that being a possibility for mm -hmm. them. What would you say to that person? Yeah, the first thing they need to do is believe. You gotta believe. You gotta believe. You gotta believe that it's possible. You gotta believe that it's possible through you, right? So I think mindset is important. Um, before we even talk about the skill set or the tool set, right? We got to talk about the mindset, right? So they have to believe that it's possible. I remember uh, prior to being at prior to being in this stage in my life, uh, I was working in apartment leasing, right? And uh, I remember working a job in apartment leasing while also learning credit and working on my real estate license at the same time. Right. But I believed that there was more out there. And for me, the biggest thing was I wanted to be able to control my time because I knew if I could control my time, I could, I could essentially steer, steer my destiny in a sense. Right. Um, so the first thing I had to do, though, I had to believe that it was possible. Like, yo, I can't. I'm smart enough to do this. I'm smart enough to learn this. I'm smart enough to retain this. And I'm smart enough to execute in this space. So that was the first thing. The second thing was acquiring skill sets. Right. So learning some type of trade, whether that's, uh, for me it was credit. Credit to me is a trade, it's a skill set. Learning a skill set, locking in on it and becoming obsessed, right? How, why, why is that part so important, the um, obsessed part? Yeah, because in order to learn something, especially in a short period of time now, if, if people want to take you know, a long period of time <laughs> to learn something, it may not require obsession, mm -hmm. right? But for me, I was, I was hungry. Right. I was hungry. I'm like, yo, I got to lock in. I got to learn this. Right. So it does require a level of obsession to learn it, to be willing to practice it. You know what I'm saying? I think about Kobe Bryant. Like you got to tap into a Kobe mode yeah, for a second. Mentality. Right. It might be three months. Facts. My whole life changed in three months, bro. Re yeah. Three really? months. Yeah. I got my I got my real. I was working on my real estate license and I was uh, learning credit at the same time. I got my real estate license done in like a month. Um, the credit stuff, it took me about three months to really get my feet under me and really understand what I was doing. Um, but I had to be obsessed. I remember having paper all over the place and I was I was looking at different dispute letters and I was trying to understand it and I was doing research and I was talking to mentors. That's the third part, right? Uh, getting somebody in your corner who's successful in the area that you want to be successful in, right? So one, you got to believe. Um, uh, two, you got to be obsessed right um when it comes to learning whatever that skill set is and then three finding a mentor that's been successful in the area that you want to be successful in because it'll shorten the learning curve that's what i would say mm, that's a fact what would you say to people that was when it comes to mentorship like let's say man i don't have the funds to pay for mentorship or the access to these kind of people i live in this small ass town somewhere like what would you say to somebody with that that says that says that yeah so i would say that currency is not just money Right. So you have to identify Facts. what your currency is. Mm. Right. What is it that you can give away that's worth money? Everybody has something. Everybody has something. Yep. Right. Um, give your gift away in exchange for access to that particular person. Right. Um, for some people, if they don't feel like they have a, a particular gift that's worth giving away, then what they need to do is give away some of their time for free. Yep. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, I'll work for you for free. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I just want to be in this environment. I want to be in this space. I'll work for you for free. Um, and in that space, really working dil diligently, like doing it with your, with your heart, right? Doing it as if you're getting paid for it. 
You know what I'm saying? Working harder than if you would you would get paid for it. Because sometimes people get paid for stuff and they do the bare minimum just to make the money. <laughs> but understanding that the, the whole goal, <laughs> you know what I'm no talking facts. about, right? Especially facts. if you don't care about the job. No facts. But but understanding that the whole goal is to build a relationship. So give your gift away. Be in the environment. Work for free. You know what I'm saying? I promise you, if you do that, and that if that person is integral, they'll see it in you and they'll begin to invest in you little by little. Mm. And this this the um. I want to say, first of all, before we wrap up, I want to say we need to do a part two, man, because I feel like there's so much more we need to discuss. <laughs> so I'm going to let it be known right now for the people that's listening and watching. This is part one. We about to have a part two soon. Let's go. And my final question I got for you is, what is your biggest regret? Mm, what is my biggest regret? My biggest regret is not being the man that I promised to be at certain stages in my life. What do you mean by that? I mean that, like, for instance, even in my marriage, right, I wasn't the man that I promised her I would be. I wasn't the man that I vowed I would be in that particular marriage. Right? How old were you when you got married? I was 28 when I got married. Okay. And I was 33 when I divorced. So mm. I was married for five years. Five years. So I think that that's, that's, a, that's a huge regret. But it's a, it's, a, uh, it's a regret that came with a lesson. So even though I have regret about not being the man that I should have been in that marriage, and not being the man, uh, and, and you know, there are other relationships that were affected as well. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? My pastor at the time, his wife, you know what I'm saying, who, who trusted and believed in me, right? So I would say, um, I would say that that's my biggest regret. Um, and I would also say that, that that came with a lesson. Do you, let me ask you this, do you feel like, and this might sound weird, um, do you feel like the divorce was necessary for that lesson or do you feel like you could learn that lesson without getting divorced? Mm. I probably could have learned a lesson without getting a divorce, mm -hmm. but I would say that um, I can't guarantee that I would have gotten it without a divorce. Right? Uh, if I was if I was open enough, I could have gotten that lesson. Um, but I don't I don't know if I would have been as open to receive that that lesson right um but i do think that it's possible it just means that you do the work in the marriage versus doing it outside, outside of, it. of it uh it just means that you come to that that recognition of the importance of being honest open and transparent in the marriage versus doing it on the back end right so if i can help to encourage people and save them from having to go through the divorce and experiencing the death of a father in order to realize the need to be vulnerable you know what I'm saying? With the people that you, you love, um, then that would that mm. would that would make me happy. Mm. That would that would be a part of my purpose. Mm. Final final uh final uh thing. What would to all the men that's listening and watching, if you had one message for men that's watching this, what would it be? Uh don't be afraid of vulnerability. It's a superpower. It's extremely uncomfortable, but if you do it the right way, it'll unlock things in you that will unlock things in future generations. Because basically what we're doing is we're breaking a cycle, right? My dad was not um, the most vulnerable, transparent, honest person at certain stages in his life, right? Um, he was a great man for many years. And I still believe it, I, in my heart, I still feel like he's a great man, even though he had right. faults and failures and different things like that. But he did not exemplify um, transparency and vulnerability, right? There are some things in him that if he was transparent about it, I probably would not have gone through it. Facts. Right? Because I would have learned from his example, 
right? And he would have taught me to be that, right? He, he would have, I would have been able to identify with the weaknesses in him and his honesty in those weaknesses, right? Because we're all, a lot of us are dealing with the same things, bro. A lot of people Man, are just not we, talking about of, it. Most of us are. Right. So, um, so uh, for me, it's about breaking those generational curses, right? So my son won't have to deal with what I dealt with. Right? He'll look at it from a diff totally different lens and he'll understand that he's not alone in it. It's not it's nothing that he needs to be afraid of. So um, don't be afraid of being vulnerable. Mm, that's so, man, that's so cute. We going to double, for, like I said, y'all, <laughs> y'all, everybody that's listening to Washington, that's something we're going to double down on on part two. But before we end this one, I want to say first, thank you for pulling up and chopping it up with me. Man, you know how much that's greatly appreciated. Bro, bro anytime, you, man. We gonna, hey, we about to get it done again, man. But yes, before sir. I let you go, plug in all your stuff where people can find you follow you, tap into your message, everything you're doing. Yeah, for sure. So the best place to find me is uh, Instagram, from Nate with love. Um, you'll find all of uh, the transparent videos. Um, if, it, if, you're, if you're looking for credit, shoot me a message on Instagram. Um, if, you, if you need anything as far as real estate is concerned in Texas, shoot me a message on Instagram. Um, I'll tap in with you and I'll point you in the right direction. Man, y'all hear my guy, tap it to my guy, Nate. And as far as me and the platform, you can find me on all platforms at the Marionette Mindsets Pod. And for my personal Instagram, I'm at official Xavier Miller. And that's all I have for y'all on this episode of the Marionette Mindsets Podcast. See you guys next episode. Peace. Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid. Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some game, Xavier, y'all gonna talk about it. No, Deanna, speak that shit that everybody voucher. Ain't no more excuses valid. Get up off the couch and get up in your bag. To your bank account, need an accountant. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park